2: radio network I am joined as always by Kayla Kinnear on this wonderful Wednesday Brandon George and Armani Buckets how are you guys doing
3: fabulous great to be with you all on this Wednesday
1: oh yeah beautiful outside well not really tropical (laughs) storm in in Los Angeles very rarely happens but I'm sure it's beautiful in most places
2: you know we needed the rain so I'm
1: happy as a midwesterner I
3: I love a good tea storm well, I'm like I was about to say I'm like you are
2: like falltastic all the time. Yeah, so, yeah. You know what they know the
1: say? Fall. You know what they say? They say um, once you get the rainstorm in Los Angeles, cuffing season begins, Armand. <laughs> oh,
3: that's wonderful news <laughs> for me. Uh, I'm,
1: I'm out. I on mean, that. I've been with my girl for six years. <laughs> I'm already. I've been cuffed. Yeah.
4: Um, no. See, the thing with me is, if if it's gonna rain, it has to be like two days, three days max, and then back to 75 and sunny. <laughs> and it doesn't look like it's gonna get that way. So I'm I'm kind of. No, I'm not feeling it. Armand's over there in a I'm sherpa. It. Yeah, well, <laughs>
2: it's
4: not a sherpa, but thank
2: you. <laughs> I, I love how you're I love how all of us are just hoodie weather and like Armand's like ready for the winter. Hey, like by the really, way,
3: he's, he's in a ski. I lodge. love it.
1: By the way, it. shout out to California for taking the L 80 percent no on Prop 27 huge over 80 percent huge L. Like, I what are can't. people doing?
2: Here's here's my thing. We already discussed this. We discussed this yesterday. We all knew that this was happening. This wasn't going to be passed. And it's eight.
1: an embarrassment. There's going to be 35 states almost that have FanDuel on their phone. I want FanDuel on my phone.
2: Here's the thing. It's going to eventually pass... It's just not going to pass this year, obviously.
3: It's just delaying the inevitable. Exactly. I yeah. think
1: also twenty six. When you know when Native Americans put that one up, and it confuses people, yeah. right? So that, that's another thing. I wanted to get to the Kings first. We'll start off with Woo! some hockey today. Rarely happens. We usually start off with the Lakers. We'll for our listeners. We'll push that back a little bit. The Kings, Kayla, you were there. Tell us what happened. Tell us Tell us what's exciting about this team.
3: Well, not a lot happened for the first two periods. And then we finally got a goal in the third. Uh, took the win over the Wild one nothing. Jonathan Quick with his 57th shutout. Thank you very much. The guy was on fire. We are now just two behind in the Pacific Division. So it's an exciting year. 8-6-1. Um, Gabe Velarde having a season so far. So, you know, the season's still very early, but... I like what I see from this team. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm
2: psyched for the Kings right now, you know, especially since you guys still have those kids on, the, um, on that roster as well. So the future looks bright for them. 100%. Right now, right?
3: The, the crowd's been good. They've been into it. So.
4: Yeah, what has the atmosphere been like at those games? It's early in the season. Typically, I feel like, you know, the crowd takes a while to get into it. What, what has it been like?
3: Um, Well, let me just tell you, they started their own Go Kings Go chant multiple times last night, if that tells you anything. That's a good indication, especially, you know, like we said, we had some thunderstorms last night. So I wasn't expecting a great turnout because you know how L.A. fans can be. Um, But they showed up. They were loud. They were into it. And again, it was a little slow through the first two and a half periods, but it picked up at the end. But no, crowds have been great. Fans are excited for the season, especially, you know, how we ended last season making that little playoff run. So. Gonna,
1: are they going to do another playoff run?
3: Absolutely, they are.
1: I love the confidence. I love the confidence. <laughs> Who are you more confident in? The Kings to make a playoff oh run no. or the Chiefs? Don't
3: put me in this position. I'm kidding.
1: Both. Both. We'll move <laughs> both. on. Both. High dead. on both. All right. What about the Lakers Clippers? I know we got to go to the Lakers like every day. I know it sucks, but the people want to hear it. Yeah, hate, hate them or love them. They run sports media. The Lakers are talked about everywhere, all day, every single day. People want to hear it. Two and eight. LeBron probably plays tonight.
2: Wait a minute. I'm confused. People want to hear it or people don't want to hear about the Lakers? They do.
1: <laughs> That's why everyone talks about it. It's a money-making business. Like, first take, you turn it on, Lakers, right? Get up, Lakers, if they're talking basketball. It's not the not even the Warriors anymore. It's just Lakers. Everyone, Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. Sorry. It's the big brands. They love them. We love them in sports media. But in Los Angeles, huge game tonight. Clippers coming off of a Cavaliers win. Paul George has looked amazing the bench stepped up Marcus Morris looks great even Reggie Jackson played well the other day which is surprising to me because I thought he was the weak link on the Clippers so far this season what do we expect tonight I mean I, I know what I expect let's be real The Lakers haven't beaten him in like three years the Lakers are going to lose tonight in my opinion but hopefully I'm wrong hopefully Russ plays amazing I want Whoa. to see some more. Yep, I love Russ now. I'm sorry. Wait, I personal apology what happened in to the Russ. Last week, personal apology to Russ. That guy is the truth.
2: I feel like you only like him because he's coming off the bench, bro. Like and it's I not. Big I like him because he's happened? a. So if he started, you would still like him.
1: Absolutely. If he produced, we'll yeah. If like he God. produced, it's yeah, all but about we all production. Know he doesn't.
2: But we all know he doesn't produce once he okay. starts with this but Lakers. Okay. on, spot.
1: hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So let me, let me finish here for a second. I want to, I want to see some defense out of the Lakers tonight. Hopefully they can limit the Clippers to under 105 points because the Clippers rank 30th in true shooting percentage, 30th in offensive rating, you know, 25th in true shooting percentage. They are the worst shooting team and worst offensive team in the league. And if the Lakers, this is going to be a huge indicator for their season. If they're healthy you know and let's say Anthony Davis he's probable for tonight let's say LeBron plays also probable so they're probably both going to play if they give up over 110 points to this Clippers team that is not a good sign they really need to limit them and lock in on George but who's gonna guard George Armand Nobody. That's that's <laughs> the problem with the Lakers is that they don't really have perimeter defenders.
4: Pat Bev is supposed to be that guy. Pat Bev is one. He's going to guard six eight. Paul George. That's, that's how their roster is constructed. That's why I don't really think that they... I think that they can turn it around somewhat, but I don't think that they can really turn it around. I'm looking for the quote with the Clippers. Terrence Mann has really stepped up in the past few games, and there was a quote that I cannot find where it sounded like the, the gist of the quote was that he basically said, yeah, I'm playing differently because now I finally know my role. And I took it as like, whoa, like, is that kind of a subtle shot at Ty Lu and, and his rotations and what's going on with the Clippers? I don't know. I wish I could find it now. Um, but what do you think, Jihei? I mean, Terrence Mann has really stepped up and finally they're giving him that opportunity to, to be a part of this team.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it's like about time. I I, I don't know. I, I, I think there's still this is the sad part about the Clippers. I still think they're trying to find their way to a certain extent. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have you have your top. Right. You have Paul George. You have somebody that's going to obviously um, step up his game. Um, I'm kind of concerned about this line, to be honest with you. It's only at the home favorite three for the Clippers. Yeah. It's mm. o- it's only the that Clippers must favorite mean, three, well, so something.
1: I, f- I feel like it'll be a close game. I, I do. I just think the Lakers—they always find a way to lose close games.
2: Yeah, but, I mean this. This was it opened at four and a half, and that I understand, but to
1: down to three. Yeah, well, Vegas is getting three? some information somewhere.
2: Yeah, I'm just, I'm just wondering what the, the info the Clippers,
4: is. The Clippers are not that great. I'm sorry, Paul. No, George, they just
2: beat the Cavaliers. Too- you were talking, you were touting them as like, second, oh, they're
4: back when second, they beat the... Second night of a back-to-back, the Cavs choked. Paul George played like an MVP. The Clippers need so many factors to look like a competent basketball team right now. You know what? And it's, I just don't believe You know how to beat the-, the Clippers?
1: How? If you limit George to under 20 points, you will defeat the Clippers. Yeah, pretty Straight much. Straight up. Like no one else is stepping up. We know Marcus Morris literally looks like the second coming of like Jesus Christ against the Lakers. Always. (laughs) The dude like comes in, he'll have 25 and then Reggie Jackson. Oh my gosh. The last time I was at a Lakers game, you know, Reggie Jackson's getting all this hate. But he had 40 points almost against the Lakers, and I was hearing MVP chance for Reggie Jackson. That's how bad the Lakers were last season. So as long as we don't see—they might be even worse this year. Was that year. a
2: home game, or was that a—I'm no, uh, using quotations. That was like, a that was
1: Clippers quote-unquote okay. home game, but let's be real. It's a Lakers home game tonight, no, whether but, or not it's the Lakers are home.
2: But I do remember always—when I do go to Clipper games— those MVP chants for Reggie, they're pretty consistent, which is really odd considering. I want he's to see right some now. more
1: from John Wall. He's been so inconsistent. If you look, let's look up right here on StatMuse. Shout out StatMuse. Look up John Wall's. They're trying to find this. their
2: groove, though. It's still trying, it's to, find still their trying their to find their I groove. Find their i know groove. he hasn't
1: played basketball in a year and a half. Look at this: forty nine percent true shooting percentage. You know how bad that is? Yeah, he that's bottom five true. in the NBA. Like, Ooh. that's almost impossible. Literally, you could stand there and literally take. 10 shots as an average dude. Like average, not even an NBA player. Like some guy you find on the street probably has a better true shooting percentage if you give him up five open shots. Like that's how bad that true shooting percentage is. That's been the elephant in the
4: room. John Wall just does not look that good and it's funny because if he played for the Lakers and he was taking some of the jump shots that he's taking with the Clippers, the fans would
1: give him the Westbrook treatment. Like, stop shooting, man. Just attack the basket. Hey, by the way, before we go into something else, this is the last thing I'll say. Is Russell Westbrook over the past four games, or is it three? There's some stat. 48% from three. Yeah. Holy moly! He's their best shooter player. Who's so I mean, been
2: telling you all this oh for the please, last year? Please, please, <laughs> Kayla. So I will. I will say this. Didn't, didn't we have this conversation last season, and and a, a chunk of the season for Russell for Westbrook? Westbrook? Yeah, we said this. We said this when you know when LeBron's out and when. It, and granted, this was because LeBron and AD were out at certain times, and Westbrook just takes over. He does have the ability to do this. I just don't think he consistently has the ability <laughs> to do But look at this.
1: this. Even, last five games, 52.4% from three. 95% from the free throw line last five games.
2: That's fine. And That's five games, though. That's I know. Not, you know. On the
1: season, 35% after his okay. abysmal start. The dude is playing the best basketball he's played since Washington. Yeah. And yeah, there's no denying he, that.
2: But doesn't he kind of have to?
1: He does. I mean, but at the <laughs> same time, I think this is on Darvin Ham because Westbrook had, like, what, 18 at the half, and then he finished with 22 the heck are they doing literally you know why the lakers lost that game other than you know them playing a better team in utah they came out with westbrook off the bench right they almost tied it at halftime then they come out of halftime with kendrick nunn instead of russell westbrook now that is why darvin ham is not coaching great right now like why do you do that i know you have this mindset oh he comes off the bench if he's playing the way he's playing you start him in the third quarter because they are allergic to third quarters right now they blow every lead in the third quarter if it's close they lose it part of it is because they're not starting the third quarter with westbrook so tonight if i don't see westbrook coming in and starting in the third quarter i am going to be heated
3: I think the real story here, basketball aside, is that Missy Elliott's performing at halftime. Shut up, really. And that makes me want to go. So now, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll see you there. I'll see you there. <laughs> Am
3: I allowed when? to wear my Thunder Westbrook jersey, or is oh, I yeah. crowd? Oh, oh
2: yeah, oh, I don't yeah. Think the crowd's
3: gonna care. Yeah. When uh,
2: was
4: the last time she dropped something? Is, is she still making new songs, new oh, albums? No, no she's, uh, It's
2: it's been a
1: minute. Hey Armand, by the way, what do you think of that Drake Twenty One Savage album? Elite, oh. huh? I thought it was it was above average I think
2: I'm the only person in the world that doesn't like Drake or Jimmy how could you not <laughs> like Drake Drake's just, a winner you know what it is too I'm also not of that generation that enjoys his music I yeah. and, and just it's just me I, I'm, I'm not hating I mean there's the a low I,
1: bar to really make the rap album of the year right now like, Lil I Baby's mean, album think, was terrible. So, like, Drake and Ponyo I, and Savage are, like, only against Kendrick Lamar. I, I think, really. personally,
2: like, <laughs> and no offense to your generation, I think that hip-hop is just lost right now. Um, and rap is also lost out there right now. So, it's just, it, again, this is just me speaking, like, I'm freaking 8 million years old. So, I just, I still love the old school. I literally will put on 90s rap for people, and they'll still jam oh, out like to it. So Oh, I wonder oh, if nice. Kay-
4: Kayla's holding up a Missy Elliott Elliot, uh, yeah. banner. I for love the it. Clippers and Lakers game, which could not get me less excited to watch <laughs> the game. See,
3: that's why I would go. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, absolutely. I would totally want Russ to go. Russ to and watch
3: Missy. My- By there. the way,
1: I wanted to bring this up before we go to our second segment because I think it's important. USC plays Colorado Friday. The CFP rankings came out last night. Oregon at six, right? DCU at four um is Oregon at five I think they're at six right Tennessee's at five still Tennessee's gonna lose to Georgia in the national championship game so they'll have two losses right if that happens let's say Georgia wins out they beat Tennessee in the title game Alabama's obviously not in LSU Stays at two losses, but I mean, aren't they going to be? I mean, they might get. Will they? No, they lost. They, they got it. Dri- no. no, they got drilled by Tennessee, right? Which yeah, is why no. I don't understand how they're ahead of USC. But UCLA got snubbed, 12th overall. I feel like they should be higher. Oregon six. Now let's go to our Trojans here. Well, Wait, I'm sorry, I that my Trojans ninth. No, am I wrong? No, USC's
2: eighth. Th- no, no, no. U-
1: UCLA is 12th. College football playoff ranking. Yeah.
2: Oh, oh, AP gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. 18. 18. Okay. 12th. Okay.
1: so. Okay. What I'm saying here is USC, they play Colorado, then they have a brutal three-game stretch, right? If, they, if Utah loses to Oregon, which USC fans should be rooting for because then USC would get into the you know, Pac-12 championship if they beat UCLA. So this three-game stretch after Colorado is UCLA, Notre Dame, and then if they get into the Pac-12 title game, Oregon. So if they went out and they get into the Pac-12 title game and beat Oregon, they should be in, in my opinion. Now, the same can be said for Oregon, whose one loss, yeah, four touchdowns they lost to, they played terrible to Georgia, but since then they've been a flawless team. Right, and the committee loves them because oh, their only losses to the number one team in the country. Everyone's been losing by four touchdowns to them, and I get it. Not Mizzou, so yeah, yeah, Mizzou so the, almost beat them. The, by the only the,
4: way. the only flaw in your argument is that Tennessee would not meet Georgia in the SEC title what, what, game because they're it? in the same conference. Oh my the same bad, same my bad, my it. bad. So Tennessee, unless.
1: Missouri could <laughs> shock the world. They'll oh, finish yeah. with one loss. They're We're gonna good at probably playing tough finish with. teams, just not with, the bad ones. Oh no, so that's bad. here's what I would do. If USC whoever wins the Pac twelve championship, if if it's between Oregon, US and USC, um, which I think it will be, that team has to get in in my opinion, over Tennessee. Clemson is dunzo, in my opinion, they got drilled by Notre Dame. And I think USC has the best shot of anybody in the Pac-12 because Notre Dame is now beating teams that are very good. And if they go in, you know, beat Notre Dame, and they beat Oregon, who lost to Georgia, right, their only loss, then USC is a clear shot in the playoff.
2: Just playing devil's advocate here. What if they don't? What if they don't get yeah. in? Yeah, no, 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 no. Well, what if, well, So what if, let's just say that they lose. To, they lose to. You know, or to it doesn't UCLA? matter. UCLA. No, 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 no. I'm saying SC. What if SC loses to either of those? Then they're not in. I mean? they, they don't then, deserve yeah, to be no. in. No. Okay.
1: Okay. But let, think about this. If they have one loss, they win the Pac-12 championship and their one loss is by one point on a cam rising two point conversion to Utah in Utah. You're telling me they don't get in? Like for me, the only teams safely in the playoff are the winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game, right? Because they're going to go win the Big Ten championship and I'm assuming that's Ohio State. I don't think Michigan's all that good. I think they're a little bit overrated. Um, Georgia, obviously getting in. Uh, my TCU's going to lose to Texas this weekend. That's easy money. Like, Texas with Quinn Ewers is like insane. They're insane. They would have beaten Bama if Quinn didn't get hurt. So TCU is going to lose. They're going to get kicked out. Then what do you do? Tennessee at one loss without a championship in the SEC, or do you go USC if they went out with one loss to Utah?
3: Mm.
4: I think the committee is going to go with Tennessee. Really? Tennessee has been, although they looked shaky against Georgia, if you compare their loss to Georgia versus Oregon's loss to Georgia – if we're comparing those two, um, so we got a brute for Mizzou. Are they playing them? Yeah, this week. <laughs> Mizzou, let's go, baby.
3: M I Z. It's
4: in it's in Tennessee, so you guys probably we just annihilated. But, uh,
3: yeah.
4: <laughs> yep. Um, I wanted to transition to um, NFL in terms of the AFC. We had the Bills go down this week against the Jets, and the Chiefs. They won that game against Tennessee, but Tennessee had literally you know Malik Willis at quarterback who I think completed what five passes for the whole game dude so, he didn't complete a pass no, to a receiver not one not one to a receiver but it he, was to hilliard like four on so slip screens no completed passes to receivers he completed some to the running back um one to the tight end i think very concerning back. for me for both of those teams because they both this is the time of the season where you're starting you're supposed to start to ascend and both of those teams at least this week did not look like they're doing that. Kayla, do you do you find any reason to be concerned about your team or the Bills?
3: I don't. Bills maybe, depending on what happens with Josh Allen. That's a huge question mark and could definitely alter the road to the Super Bowl for the AFC. Um as far as the Chiefs, we we I've talked about this like we get so spoiled as Chiefs fans because we just expect every pass to be completed every trip to the red zone to be a touchdown every third down to be converted like we've gotten so spoiled and desensitized that we forget it's actually hard to win in the NFL and I am not worried about the game against Tennessee Tennessee's had the Chiefs number for years now I think they were like I don't I'll have to pull up the stat but We don't play well against the Titans for some reason. It's just a thing. So I'm not worried about this one. We also know that Patrick Mahomes plays better on the road. He's admitted that when he plays at home, he gets too overly hyped. He gets kind of out of sorts. So I'm not going to worry about this. I said Travis Kelsey had an off night. He had 10 receptions for like 106 yards. That's an off night for Travis Kelsey because I I he dropped say, like, a few passes and I didn't say, find like, the end zone. Like he he
2: he scored me like 20 fantasy points. So I'm good with his off nights, man. Like he can have an off night again. We saw that's what totally Yeah, we saw
3: what this team did against uh the 49ers. That's them playing their best. This the point is they find ways to win, whether it's defense, whether it's Patrick Mahomes putting the team on his back, whether it's Kelsey scoring four touchdowns in a game. Like, I'm not worried about this team. The point is they find ways to win. So that's That's what I have to be okay with. Yeah, it
2: it looks like it's just wide open for Casey just to take it, to be honest with you. I think it's a one-off. I think it has something
3: to do with the Titans.
4: This is my huge concern with this team. The Chiefs this week... Clyde Edwards-Slaire, four carries, five yards. Pacheco, five carries, five yards. The running McKinnon game is, is not yeah. e- It's not even rough. It's non-existent. And yep. then you have so much on Kelsey's plate. We've seen what Juju does in big moments, big games. Typically, it's not much, although he has been performing lately, 10 catches, 88 yards. I just get worried that it's like a three-man team, Mahomes offensively, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Juju. And then one of those guys is is Juju who can – you know, fluctuate in big moments. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes Mahomes and Kelsey. But my question is like, who else in the AFC? Because Allen's dealing with the elbow. It might just be you guys by, you know, by, <laughs> I don't want to sound disrespectful, but by default. default.
3: No, that's why I, I don't want that. I want to know that we got there because we earned it and we we were the better team. I, I will be really sad if Allen has a serious injury and is not able to play.
2: Yeah. So you basically would just rather have the competition. Yeah. Yeah. It's understandable. I mean, in order to beat the best, you or in order to be the best, you got to beat the best. Yeah. So I totally agree with that. Well, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we will be joined, as per usual, on this wonderful Wednesday by Grant Mona. When we return on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network.
0: We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
1: Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life.
0: This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Steel clam underground
2: when we come around. Welcome back to the Rosh Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have any questions or comments or just concerns or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline at 310-400-0340. Also, guys, we do have an email address. I know. It is so old school of us. Um, but it is arashmarkazi show at gmail.com. That is all lowercase A R A S H M A R K A Z I S H O W at gmail.com. Okay, let's go out to the sporting tribune guest hotline sporting tribune is your go-to des- destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in southern california las vegas and hawaii no paywalls no ads no autoplay videos just your teams and a clean reading experience visit the sportingtribune.com today here he is guys best friend of the show we love him you should love him, too. Our good friend, Mr. Grant Mona. Grant, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm uh, anxiously awaiting this Clippers-Lakers game. Me and Brandon will be there tonight.
2: Yeah, I was just about to say, and, go, uh, yeah. go Why go, are you go anxiously
0: that? awaiting? You know, you, mean, gonna you
2: know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen.
0: That's why I'm anxious. That's why I'm anxiously awaiting, because I'm ex- yeah you're excited
1: you're gonna come home with a dub like always three straight Uh three years in a row they've beaten the lakers like every time (laughs)
2: here's my here's my thing i get grant and his excitement but i also get grant i think we texted this last night grant about your skepticism too we're we're not we're we're realistic we're realistic i'm not saying that we're gonna blow you guys out of the water that's why that three point spreads right there brandon
1: that might be close if Russ has forty. We know LeBron can't hit the broad side of a barn right now.
2: Well, Grant, what do you what do you, what do you think? Do you do you think we're gonna win by the Clippers are gonna win? I love how I said we automatically. Um do you think the Clippers are gonna win by thirty, by ten, by three? Is it gonna be a push? No <laughs>
0: You know, the thing is, with, with a lot of the recent Clippers-Lakers games, they haven't really been blowouts. Like, if you go back to, to the opening night for the Clippers, they only won by, what, a possession? I mean, the, the Lakers right. had a chance to win the game in the last possession. And, it, you know, the Clippers have gotten better since then, obviously. Um, they've gotten a lot better. And, you know, the Lakers, you know, in this instance, is, is, you know, one of the, you know, they're one of the premier teams in the league. So, in, in sorry, not in the league, in L.A. They're the team that everyone's going to go for. So, the Battle of L.A. is a real thing. The Lakers always get up for these games. They always get up for these matchups. And the Clippers are going to be a, well, not full strength. They're not going to have Kawhi Leonard. They're going to have John Wall back, though, and Luke Kennard's back. So they're going to be at kind of full strength. Um, and the Lakers, I'm assuming LeBron's going to play. I'm assuming is going to play. That's not really a great thing because, you know, we've seen over the past couple of games that even when those guys are playing great, the bench guys aren't even good so I think the Lakers what they got to do is they got to play better defense we, we saw in the first five six games that you know they had a top five defense in the league and over the past couple games they've kind of reverted back to last year's defense which is not a good equation for winning um you know and the Clippers they, they have their own problems right I mean they haven't played the, the most crisp basketball they haven't played the best basketball um so I don't expect this to be a blowout I expect it to be you know maybe a, a five ten point game in the favor of the Clippers but you know with these games where you got to get up for for a primetime game, these games are always going to be close, especially in the Battle of L.A. So both teams have their issues, but, you know, obviously the Clippers are the more talented team right now.
4: Grant, I wanted to ask you about two specific Clippers, one that's performing well in Terrence Mann and one that is struggling right now a little bit in John Wall. What are your thoughts on those two guys?
0: Yeah, Terrence Mann, you know, there's a couple guys struggling on the Norm Powell's struggling. Uh, you know, Reggie Jackson has been atrocious from in, on the on offense. You know, he, he's turned the ball over, too. Um, what I love from Terrence Mann is that he, he flies around. He plays with this, this looseness. He plays with this energy that I don't think Reggie Jackson gives them in that starting lineup, which is why I think, you know, if you're going to commit to keeping John Wall on the bench, I think starting T-Man at point guard is probably your best bet. Him and Mo- Norm Powell together in that backcourt played pretty well uh, last game and that, that comeback against the Cavs. Um, and Norman Powell finally showed signs of life. Um, he's actually been really bad too. So you know, John Wall, I, I think for him, he's settling too much for three-pointers. He's settling, settling too much for jumpers. That's not really his game. And maybe it was his game back when he was you know, in the prime of his career. But now, at, at this juncture, I think him getting down court, um, using that speed that he still has, by the way, he still has that athleticism, using that to get to the rim and finish at the rim, draw fouls, that's what he did in the first few games. That's why I was so excited to see him in the starting lineup. Um, you know, in a few games is because he can get downhill. He can create that contact at the rim, get guys in foul trouble, and you know, dish out when when we have a five out offense. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see him settling for jumpers. I want to see him settling for threes and taking bad shot selection shots. Um, and I, I think if he gets back to that, they'll be fine. But you know, there, there's a lot of pieces like you know, Armon. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of guys struggling. There's a lot of pieces that are just moving around. That they're kind of piecing together. You know, Paul George kind of led them to this this six and five record. He's been absolutely sensational. I mean, he's he was the player of the week. He was great last last game against the Cavs. So he's the one leading the team right now. And you know, if you have him playing at that clip, you're going to be in almost every game. So they just got to make sure that you know he takes more than 15 shots a game, and that he's you know he's efficient as he has been.
1: All right, Grant. Let me tell you this. I said in the first segment. Clippers have the worst offensive rate in the league. Now it's the Lakers. Back to the Lakers, 30th. (laughs) Clippers are 29th defense yes that was supposed to be the lakers identity we said they could win a title if they stay top five in defense which is true any team that can stay top five in defense has a chance to win the title if they just hit some shots clippers have been struggling offensively the key to beating the clippers is you limit paul george under 25 you probably beat the clippers right or under 20 like that's just (laughs) been the recipe right now and teams haven't been able to do that in the past couple of games we'll see who's on paul george is my biggest takeaway, and tell me if I'm wrong here, tell me if you agree with with me, Grant. What I'll be watching to see is if the Lakers give up more than 105 points to the Clippers, this is a problem. This is a problem. They need to play better defense today. That's what I'm seeing from the Lakers. I don't care if they go 0 for 55 from the floor. If they play defense, I am happy with tonight's game because I know they're going to lose. They're going to be 2-9. and nine. We all know this. Ah, yeah, look, I've seen a lot of crazy things happen, so I'm not going
0: to write them off. Yeah, they play pretty good at home on the defensive end. Um, so you know what what the Lakers did in the first five games that I really loved is that they played that you know that really intense defense, but they got out in transition and they got the ball to Lonnie Walker, they got the, the ball to Russ, and and they got out in transition and created transition offense, which is something that I think they haven't gotten to. And you know it's it's because of that defense, that intensity that they that they put on against the Clippers in the first matchup was sensational. I, I really loved the way they played. You know, even though they lost, they played an extremely good game on the defensive end, and you know, it's, it's tough to say that you know they're not going to go 0 for 55. I, I heard you say that they're not going to do that, but even if you're average at the three point line, you play, if you get back to that defense, you'll be in a lot of these games. You'll be in games against good teams. You know, I, I just think that you know, with them, they have to establish that. You know, look, LeBron's not the defender he used to be. Anthony Davis has been a very, very good defender. Year. I think people are sleeping on that and he's been available in, in most of the games which is a good sign so you know and with Westbrook and AD I love that connection I love the, the connection that they have Westbrook's been a pretty good defender as well he had a, a very bad defensive effort last game I think he was a minus 23 or something like that even Max Christie had a better plus minus than Russell Westbrook last game so if they get back to that transition offense and getting the defense that leads to the turnovers that leads to the transition offense I think they'll be okay but, you know, like you said, they have to shoot a little bit here. And I don't understand that. I mean, I know Matt Ryan is kind of a cone on defense, but he's a very good shooter. And we've seen that over this over the course of the season. They're, they're giving him, what, two shots a game? I mean, even Darvin Ham asked a, asked a reporter yesterday if he wanted to suit up if he could shoot. So you have a shooter on the bench and you don't play him. I'm kind of just confused about their whole philosophy right now. I, I, I'm just a
1: little bit torn on that part. Yeah, and I'm with you, but the thing is, I also brought up in the first segment, I'm really mad at Darvin Ham right now as a Lakers fan because Westbrook was killing it the end of the second quarter. He comes out in the third quarter every game with Westbrook on the bench, and then they, the other team goes on a 15-0 to run. Like that happened against the Jazz. That's why they lost. Third quarter starts 10-0, 15-0 run because Westbrook's on the bench. And I'm not saying you have to start him. What I'm saying is he can be off the bench. But when you go into the second half, I want to see some more assertiveness with Ham putting the best lineup mm-hmm. on the floor. Westbrook, LeBron, AD, and you know Lonnie Walker and who who else? Armon, who's the who's the other guy? Reeves. 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 Yeah, Reeves. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Reeves. So who's been playing fine? So why isn't he doing that? It's like, it doesn't take a genius to figure out Westbrook's been their best offensive player. You want to start the third quarter if you can't play defense with some offense.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, I think the thing is, is that you make a great point because the third quarters have been their downfall. In a a few of these games, they've been ahead at the half. And you you think like, okay, well now you can just carry that into the third quarter. No, they come out in the third quarter flat, just like they did last year. And you know, last year we attributed, you attributed it to them being old. And now you're young and you come out in the third quarter flat. I think maybe just try it. Like, why not just try to start Westbrook in the third quarter? Sure, bring him off the bench to start the game, but start him in the third quarter. See what that what that brings. I mean, as you know, if I'm Darvin Ham, I got to try everything at this point. You, you know, you're on the verge of, of being a lottery team, and they don't even have a lottery pick. So, and it, it's crazy because we're only ten games in to say that. But you got to try some different stuff. I, I agree with you, Brandon. I think they should at least try that in the third quarter.
1: All right, Grant, I wanted to ask you about your Rams. I we talked about this the past couple of days. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I, I can talk, we can talk about the Chargers instead. What would you rather do? I can, okay, we were we on opened, the Rams?
2: We could just open, talk about the Chiefs. You already opened up that Pandora's box. Let's go Rams. All right, all right, all
1: right. So McVay's Kill play calling, which we've all been critical of the past couple of years. I mean, even in the wow. NFC title game, the, the timeouts for no reason, I mean, that could have yeah. cost them the game. And if Tart catches that interception, we're having a whole different conversation about McVay, Stafford, and this whole team, right? But yeah. Dude, third and five. Everyone and their mom and mom knows moms know a lot about football. But everyone and their mom, that's saying, knew that they were going to run the football. Third and five. You couldn't get creative. Why are they giving Brady time? That's why they lost. You they know, choked.
0: Yeah. Look, th- there was a lot of questionable stuff, at, you know, at the end there. But you know, I, I keep going back to this. Nobody, I, probably everyone on the panel is not going to agree with this, but I, I still don't think it's McVeigh's fault because what? What's so, hold on a minute. Now, I have I have a reason for this. Look. You can play You <laughs> love he
2: that kool aid, I guess.
0: Yeah, I do. It's tasty. But this is the thing. They you know, they could go, they can call any play they want. And if you don't have a alignment to block a guy that's coming straight at you, you could the play is just never going to go anywhere. And I understand that some of the play calls down the stretch were pretty bad, but Matthew Stafford has zero time. Receivers aren't getting open. Ben Jefferson dropped the only target he had, and you know Rams fans were were saying, "Oh, you know, we get Ben Jefferson back, we're gonna be great. We're gonna, you know, go on a run." No, the receivers aren't playing up to their potential, except for Cooper Cup. He's sensational, but you know, when you have a one-dimensional team where you have an offensive line that's put together with rookies and and, and practice squad guys, it's not going to be what you can't. You you could play. You could call any play you want. You can call jet sweeps. You could call. Uh, Go routes, you can call anything that you want, get creative. If you don't have time in that pocket, you're not getting, you know, the not a mobile and dynamic quarterback. He's a pocket passer, so he needs his time. We don't have time. You you can't really expect to have a great offense. And watching this offense is just atrocious right now. I I mean, I I don't know what you can do with this season to salvage it. You can't, you know, the trade deadline's passed. You can't bring up anybody from the practice squad because you already brought up everybody. You know, no booms out for the season. There's a few guys that are out for the season. So, you can put the the blame on McVay, but with the things that he has on the offensive, the defense has been playing fantastic. By the way, they they gave up that long drive, but that's not their fault. I mean, the Rams gave him back the ball with with Tom Brady at the helm on a game winning drive. The offense, you can't really do much with, with the pieces. It's kind of like the Lakers. I'm going to compare the Rams to the Lakers. Darvin Ham, what are you? Why are you going to blame Darvin Ham when the front office put together this roster for him? You know, it's kind of like you know he called out the front office. You uh, didn't really call him out, but he explained the situation. McVay's kind of being conservative, but if I was McVay, I'd say, hey, look, with what I have, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can. I mean, maybe not the best down the stretch, but for three quarters, he was doing the best that he could. I mean, Stafford hasn't been horrible, but because of the offensive line, that's why he's been bad. Last year, they had a great offensive line. He was awesome. So if you give him time, he's good, but you know, you can't blame it on McVeigh when you have three defensive linemen coming at Matthew Stafford, and he has to just get rid of the ball. So, And the run game, I don't even know what's going on with the running back. The run game's been terrible, too. So is it somewhat on McVay? Yes. But is it all on McVay's play calling? No. I,
2: oh, my God. I am so disagreeing with you on this one. So I, here's here's <laughs> my, here's my right? issue is that you were, you initially talked about, um, you know, getting creative and doing different things, and he does need time. And I agree with you. He does need time. Every quarterback needs time. I don't think that right. that's... <laughs> that's Something that, you know, everybody knows in the NFL, everybody knows just in football in general, but he called two great plays for Daryl Henderson in the fourth and he, um, I believe Henderson for those two back-to-back touches ran for 26 yards for those two Mm -hmm. back-to-back touches. Nobody flipping touched Mm -hmm. him. And Mm -hmm. then he go, and then he gets into the red zone and then he goes five wide for all, Mm -hmm. for all four, for all four possessions made no sense the play calling has to be switched up like he has to give he has to give the mic to somebody else because i don't i think like at the end of the day at the very last and those pivotal situations i don't think mcveigh can make those calls because if you and Mm -hmm. also doesn't he isn't he getting those calls from somebody else um in previous years it was not making those calls so i'm just saying i'm saying this just proves my point that mcveigh should not be play calling down there right yeah yeah
0: because Kevin O'Connell was the offensive coordinator last year, and he's now the Vikings head coach who is now six five, seven one, whatever, whatever yeah. they are. He's killing it. So, you know, people don't really realize that. He doesn't call everything. Last year, Kevin O'Connell was kind of the brains of that, and he's doing well in Minnesota, and now the Rams are struggling. It may be a sign of something. So you may be honest. I'm to just saying,
2: you know, look at the tea leaves, man.
3: <laughs> yeah. Grant. Right. Grant I'm gonna switch things over to the AFC obviously we know Josh Allen suffered a UCL injury he's day-to-day they have a huge game coming up this weekend against the second best team in the NFC the Vikings how do you see this completely shaking up the AFC yeah
0: you know that injury is a baseball injury so I have you know I know a few people that have had that injury and that have gone through it you know for a football player it's it's a bit different because you're not throwing, you know, 90 pitches a game or whatever. So, you know, I I could, you know, and the thing about it is that Josh Allen threw a 70-yard, 80-yard pass after he hurt his elbow. So it's not like, and it's not a full tear of the UCL, which is a good thing. It's a sprain, which is a partial tear, which is not good, but it's still better than the alternative. Um, And, you know, with Josh Allen, the thing with him is that he's so dynamic to where, you don't need to throw deep balls. You don't need to throw it eighty yards every time. You don't need to throw go routes all the time. He can, you know, you can use him in in like a running back kind of way. You know, and I know Sean McDermott's a very good head coach, and he he's a very good offensive mind to where you know he can come up with some stuff to, to, to call for him. In the meantime, while he gets healthier and healthier, to to kind of weather the storm. And you know, against the Vikings, this is a huge game. You know, there's no doubt about it. The Bills and the Vikings, this is a a great game. And you know, with Josh Allen, it, he's probably the most dynamic and probably the best quarterback in the league. I know Pat Mahomes is a very good second. He's a very close second and Jalen Hurts as well. But, you know, with Josh Allen, he's so dynamic to the point where this elbow injury isn't going to affect him as much as it say as it would say Matthew Stafford or say Tom Brady or one of these pocket passers because he's so dynamic to where he can, you know, use his legs. He can get the ball, you know, he can throw a twenty yard slan. He doesn't have to throw the ball deep. And, you know, I don't think it's as much of a, a death note as people are, are, are saying, uh, as much of a big deal as people are saying just because of it. Um, but if it lingers and, you know, this this next game is a big telltale sign if it will be an issue. I want to see how he performs and how they'll use him. If we don't see anything that's, that's really good or something you know, that we can use moving forward for the Bills, then, yeah, it is a cause for concern. But I think with his skill set, I think they can use him as more of like a, a wildcat kind of guy. You know, I, I know he's still going to throw, but they can use him as that kind of guy and, and use him to be dynamic. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's as big of a deal as people are saying, but, it, you know, we've got to see this next game. They're going up against a very good team.
4: Grant, I have not done any uh, Justin Fields propaganda yet, so <laughs> now is the time. Um, I want you to think about this for a second, all right? Again... <laughs> Clearly, I, I have bias in this, but I really do believe that he is the best quarterback in the NFC. How crazy hmm. does that sound?
0: You know, Armand, it's not crazy. Just, you know, the only guy I would compare him to is maybe Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is so dynamic as well. And, you know, Jalen Hurts is kind of the same type of player as Justin Fields. But the thing is, Justin Fields is doing it with way less of, of a team, right? So Jalen Hurts, you can say, okay, he's got a great offensive line. He's got weapons in, you know, in the receiving core. He should be doing well. Justin Fields, by all accounts, should not be doing as well as he is. And in my fantasy league, I have Justin Fields and Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes had 34 points. And in fantasy, you'll be like, oh, that's fantastic. Justin Fields had 42. He out he outplayed Patrick Mahomes last weekend. And, you know, that's just kind of what we've seen. You know, Armand, I've been saying this to you all year is that the growth that we've seen from Justin Fields is what, you know, makes me feel great about it the most is that Justin Fields is getting better. He's maturing every week. He's, you know, he's dealing with the weapons that he has. He's dealing with the lack of weapons, I should say, that he has. And he's doing it on his own. You know, you saw that huge run that he had, uh, you know, that superstar run that he had uh, last weekend. And, you know, if he starts to play like that without some of the stuff that all these other quarterbacks have, just imagine when they get an offensive line. Just imagine when they get more receivers, when they get those guys that they draft in the, in, in the draft. And, you know, when you see a team that you can—this is a guy you can build around. This is a guy, just like Jalen Hurts, that you can build around and say, okay, he's dynamic and he could do it. So, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Justin Skills, Always have been, but I, I love his maturity.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that that kid is athletic like a mofo but um I, yes. I think he still needs more time um grant thank you so much you are the best as always even though you're drinking that mcveigh chalky kool-aid um oh man <laughs> that's all the time we have for today let's do it again tomorrow until then this is the arash Markazi show saying stay safe and stay healthy
0: this is the arash marikazi show on the mightier 1090 espn radio thank you for listening to believe